Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, my dear friends and dear brothers and sisters. We are studying together the Gospel of Matthew, and we have arrived now to the third chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. Hopefully you have your Bible available, and will you please turn with me to Matthew chapter 3, and we will read the first six verses of this third chapter, very uh, interesting chapter which introduces uh, the person of Yohanan uh, Hamadbil, John the Baptizer. And so I'm reading the first six verses of um, Matthew chapter 3, and we read In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of uh, Judea and saying, Repent ye. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair, and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locust and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea, and all the regions round about Jordan, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. I will stop here with the reading of this uh, passage. And uh, Matthew chapter 3 begin here in the third chapter to introduce before us the one that was spoken of by the prophets of Israel who would come in order to announce that the Messiah is about to arrive. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that is the anticipation that the people of Israel were anticipating for years because the last prophet of Israel by the name of Malachi, Malachi, was the one that spoke to the nation of Israel some 400, 450 years prior to the coming of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, and he, Malachi, final a spokesman of God, as he is recorded in the Hebrew Scriptures, was the one to prepare the people of Israel for the coming of the Messiah. To remind you that Jewish people were taken captive by the Babylonian. These three times that Nebuchadnezzar and his army came to take the Jewish people into captivity, 
at the year 605 BC, Daniel was taken with his three friends, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, and other Jewish boys and girls and men and women, and some of the vessels from the temple in Yerushalayim, which was burnt by Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, later on, in 597, was the second deportation where Yechezkel and other thousands of Jews were carried away into Babylon and away from the land of Israel. And then finally, in 586 BC, where the temple in Yerushalayim it was burnt and destroyed by the Babylonian, the city was destroyed, and the Jewish people, the vast majority, were carried away into Babel. And you remember Psalm 137, the sad, sad song that Israel, the Jewish people, was singing in the land of Babel, where we read in Psalm 137, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remember Zion. We hung our hops upon the willow in the midst thereof, for there they that carried us away captive required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And the Jewish people responded, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer no Jerusalem above my chief joys. And so, as they were singing in sadness and sorrow, they're required by the Babylonian, they could not sing it in a way that they were singing it in the land of Israel, in the city of Jerusalem, in the temple, in the temple mount, but they could say, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And they were saying, it become like a song of saying, if I forget the old Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. Well, after 70 years from the Babylonian captivity, they returned. The Jewish remnant returned back to the land, although not all the Jewish people returned, but a, a remnant returned, and God raised post-captivity a prophet such as Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi, who ministered to the returned remnant who were back in the land of Israel, back in the city of Jerusalem, and uh, there was a promise that the Messiah will come in the future day, though they didn't know the day, and there will be one that will introduce him, that will announce him, and he is called in Malachi chapter 3, in verse 1, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. This is the word of the Lord to the Jewish remnant that were now back in the land. Well, now there was some 400, 450 years of silence since Malachi, in chapter 3 and verse 1, by the word of the Lord, a promise 
that God will send his messenger, and the word for messenger is the Hebrew word Malachi, Malachai, Malachi, the very same name of the prophet Malachi, that my messenger, Malachi, will be sent, and he will prepare the way before me. And the me in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1 is none else but the Lord himself. But at the same time, that Lord himself is none else but the Messiah himself, God the Son, who was born to the Virgin Miriam, as we have read of him already in Matthew chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 2. We read in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Yeshua. In Hebrew, Yeshua means Jehovah, the Savior. Yehovah HaMoshiach. You shall call his name Jesus. In Hebrew, Yeshua. In Greek, Jesus. And he shall save his people from their sins. Well, so there is a promise that the Messiah will come by the prophets of Israel. There was a promise that an announcer will come to announce the coming of the Messiah before the nation of Israel. And that announcer will be the one that will present the Messiah. He is called the messenger of the Lord. Malach Yehovah, the messenger of the Lord. Also, Malachi had predicted that Eliyahu, Elijah, the prophet of Israel, who was taken to heaven with the chariots of fire, through angels have carried him to heaven, also at the end of the prophecy of uh, Malachi, actually the last two verses that are found in the Hebrew Scripture, in the what is known the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scripture, before the New Covenant was written and before the Messiah came, the last two verses or the last word of Malachi to Israel was, Behold, I will send you, Elijah the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Now, we must distinguish between Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1a and Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5. Why? Because the messenger of Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1a is applying specifically to Yohanan HaMadbil, to John the Baptizer. While the second person who will come, Elijah the prophet, according to Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5, is the person of Eliyahu Hanavi, Elijah the prophet, who did not die. He was carried to heaven, according to Second Kings, and that now he will come back and he will come, as it says here in Malachi 4 and verse 5, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. That means before the dreadful day of the Lord, the tribulation period, the seven years of Jacob's trouble that were predicted by the Lord through Daniel in uh, Daniel chapter 9. So, you see, my dear friend, 
we do not always quite clearly uh, see the distinction between the first coming and the second coming of the Messiah, because neither Malachi uh, nor the early, even the early apostle anticipated this long period of time of the church age in which you and I live in. We live in the last days of the church age, of the Laodicean days, no one knew of the church age because it was a mystery hid in God, according to Ephesians chapter 3. It was a mystery that was not revealed to the sons of men, according to Ephesians chapter 3. And therefore, as far as the Hebrew prophets were anticipating the coming of the Messiah, that he would come and ultimately establish a kingdom that was promised by the Lord to his earthly people of Israel. But now, what we learn is that we are continuing on in the study of the Gospel of Matthew, that we see that here there was a messenger that is coming now to introduce the Messiah that was born. Now, between chapter 2 of the Gospel of Matthew and chapter 3 of the Gospel of Matthew, there passed by some 30 years when Yeshua was born and he was brought to the temple uh, according to the gospel of Luke he was circumcised according to the uh, God ordained a uh, command to his people Israel being Jewish among his Jewish mother Miriam and his Jewish family he was circumcised and once we read at the end of chapter 2 concerning the fact that when he was born and Herod killed all the Jewish boys from two years and under in the city of Bethlehem. You remember his stepfather Yosef was told by the angel to take Yeshua, the young child, to Egypt with his mother Miriam. And you remember they fled to the land of Egypt. And then the angel later on told them by the word of the Lord that they could return back to the land of Israel because fulfill the passage in Hosea 11.1, 1, just like Israel came out of Egypt. Then also the Messiah Yeshua returned back to the land out of Egypt. Hosea 11 and verse 1, Herod, he killed all the children from two years and under in the city of Bethlehem and all the coast around the city of Bethlehem. And there was a cry in Ramah. There was a voice that heard of lamentation. And then we read of the mourning of Rachel. That is a representation of the mourning of the, of the Jewish mothers like Rachel were weeping, and Ramah simply means the hill in the in heights of Jerusalem and the surrounding area of Judea, Bethlehem. Many of the Jewish women that had children under two years old were weeping, lamenting, just as it happened in days of old when the Jewish mothers lamented when Nebuchadnezzar killed many of the Jewish boys and carried many of them to uh, the land of Babel. And now we see, we have read the last verses of chapter 2, 
that the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, with his stepfather Yosef and his mother Miriam return to the land of Israel and they dwell in the city of Nazareth. And there, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, grew there in the grace and he remained there with his stepfather Yosef until he became 30 years of age. And so we read in Luke chapter 3 and verse 23 of the beginning of the public ministry of the Lord Yeshua Jesus the Messiah. We do read in Luke uh, chapter 3 and verse uh, 23 concerning the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, that he became 30 years of age. And I'm reading, And Jesus and Yeshua himself began to be about 30 years of age, being, as was supposed, the son of Yosef, which was the son of Eli, which was the son of... And here we have the genealogy that Luke gives us of the mother of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, Miriam. He was supposed by others to be the son of Yosef, but actuality, Yosef was only his stepfather, and his mother, Miriam, was the virgin that gave birth to Jesus the Messiah by the power of the Spirit of God. And now there are 30 years that pass by between Matthew chapter and Matthew chapter 3, and we are introduced, beloved brothers and sisters, to this person by the name of Yohanan. In Hebrew, Yohanan means Yehovah Hanan. Yo, Jehovah Hanan. Hanan means Jehovah had grace. Jehovah provided us with grace. And what a wonderful name, Yohanan is the name of the one that will introduce the Messiah and will present him before the nation of Israel. So, 30 years have passed by before Yeshua Jesus began his public ministry. The Lord Jesus, the Messiah, according to Matthew chapter 2 and verse 23, lived in the city of Nazareth. In Hebrew, Netzer is the shoot that come out of the lower part of the tree, and it speaks of his humility, of his uh, the fact that he came into this world in humility as a, a humble uh, individual that would come here to this world to fulfill that which was promised to become the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Savior of sinners, the Savior of this world. And so, according to Matthew 13, verse 55, and Luke chapter 6 and verse 3, the Lord Jesus the Messiah lived in the city of Nazareth. In Matthew chapter 13, we read in verse 55, and I'm reading this, it says here, Is not this the carpenter's son is not his mother called Miriam and his brethren Yaakov, 
Yosef, Shimon, and Yehuda? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then has this man all these things? You see, he was the carpenter's son. Yosef, his stepfather, lived in the city of Nazareth, and he was recognized to be part of the family of Yosef, Miriam, and apparently Yeshua's parents, Yosef and Miriam, had their own other more than four sons and two daughters, Yaakov, Yosef, Shimon, and Judah, James, Joseph, Simon and Judah, and then his sisters. He must have had another two or three or more sisters. It was a large family who lived in the city of Nazareth. In Mark chapter 6, we do read in verse 3, Is not this the carpenter's son of Miriam, the brother of Yaakov, Yosef, and Judah, and Shimon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended of him because he was the one that was living in Nazareth, his own country, in Mark chapter 6 and verse 1 tell us that he came from Nazareth. So there is at least 30 years between Matthew chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 3 when all of a sudden we are introduced to this person by the name of Yohanan, of John. And so we read in of John in Matthew 3, verse 1 and 2, in those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now, this is important, beloved brothers and sisters, as we begin to enter into the third chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, we introduce to this amazing person by the name of Yohanan. In fact, the first verse called him John the Baptist in the English. In Hebrew, it's called Yohanan Hamadbil. He was not belonging to any group uh, in church age because he was not part of the church. There was no church when Shua was born and when Yohanan the baptizer is introduced. He was called by the people of Israel, Yohanan Hamadbil, John the baptizer, because he was characterized by, by what he did. He was known by the people of Israel as the baptizer. In Hebrew, Hamatbil. Hamatbil, the one who immersed, the Yohanan the immerser. Why? Because in the history of Israel, water baptism or immersion into water was part and parcel of the Jewish life. Any one that served in the tabernacle or in the temple had to wash his hands and his feet and to prepare himself as a vessel that ministering in the things of God. And the washing or being immersed under water was part and parcel of the cleansing, the ceremonial cleansing. Over the generation, 
in the history of Israel. There were various spiritual leaders or rabbis that were having followers. One of them was Yohanan HaMatbil, and those that followed them were identifying with the message that this rabbi or this spiritual leader in Israel has. And those that followed him were those that would identify with the message, and therefore they would be immersed in water to identify with the message and to identify with the desire to be pure and to be cleansed before the Lord. You see, during the time when the Messiah was born and John the Baptizer was living, there were the Sadducees, in Hebrew called the Tzdukim, the Pharisees, in Hebrew the Purushim, the Essenes, in Hebrew the Isiim, and there were the Herodians, Herodianim, and there were many others that were sects among the people of Israel, very similar to the various sects that exist in Christianity during these days in the church age. There were also those that follow Yeshua the Messiah when the disciples were following after him. They were called the Meshichim, those that followed the Messiah, the Messianics, we would call them, that followed the Messiah. So there were also those that followed after John. They were actually John's disciples that followed after John. In fact, there were certain disciples, as we read in Acts chapter 19, verse 1, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper course, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. Notice that? And then he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Spirit since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Spirit. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. You see, then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on the Messiah Yeshua, on Christ Jesus. When they heard of this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, of the Lord Yeshua. And so, you see, there were those that follow Yohanan the baptizer, and they were called the followers of John the baptizer. So he was known to be the baptizer. It was not a name of a certain group within Christianity because there was no such a thing as Christianity during those days because the the church age hadn't begun. The Messiah has not even begun his ministry. He is just about to begin his public ministry here in the land of Israel, now in Matthew chapter 3, after he was baptized by Yohanan Hamadbil, by John the baptizer. Now notice this. Dear brothers and sisters and dear friends, in order to understand who John, who Yohanan really was, we must read other passages in the Word of God in order to understand who John was. So it says in Matthew chapter 3 verse 1, In those days came John the baptizer, 
Yohanan Hamadbil, preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Now, who was that Yohanan, that John? We have help as we go to the Gospel of Luke, and there we have an additional information about John the Baptizer. In the Gospel of Luke, actually, the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke is a very long chapter, 80 verses. And these verses, almost the entire chapter, dealing with the appearing and the birth of John the Baptizer. In fact, beloved brothers and sisters, from verse 5, we read of his father. His father's name is Zechariah, and his mother's name is Elisheva, Zacharias, and Elizabeth, in Luke 1 and verse 5. Apparently, his father was a priest of the course of Aviyah, and his wife also, she was a daughter of Aaron. They were both from the tribe of Levi. And they were both righteous, verse 6, before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord blameless. In other words, they were godly Jewish couple, elderly couple, who lived for God. And they were, as it says here, they were blameless in the sense that they were they sought to live godly in their generation among their people. But Elisheva, that is Elizabeth, according to verse 7, did not have any children. She was barren. Just like Sarah of old, who was barren, the mother of Israel, she was barren. Sarah Elizabeth was barren as well until the Lord opened her womb. It is a gift from God Every child that comes into this world, it is a gift from God. Well, according to verse 7 of Luke chapter 1, both of them were now well stricken in age. Again, it reminds us of Abraham and Sarah, how they were old, and Abraham waited for the promised son that God would give him, Yitzchak, Isaac. Well, it came to pass that as Zechariah was doing his service in the priest's office, that he was burning incense in the temple in Yerushalayim. And so we read, beloved brothers and sisters, from verse 11, there appeared unto him an angel, Luke 1, 11, angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elisheva, Elizabeth that is, shall bear thee a son, and you shall call his name Yohanan. Here is the angel of the Lord announcing to Zechariah while he is doing the service unto God in the temple in Yerushalayim, offering incense to God, praises and prayers to God. Then the angel appeared to him, and giving him that amazing promise. Zechariah, you have prayed. Here is the answer to your prayer. Your wife Elisheva shall bear thee a son, and Zechariah, you are going to call him Yohanan. John. 
Why Yohanan? Because Jehovah, Yah, Hanan, had grace towards the nation of Israel in anticipation for the coming Redeemer, because after all, Israel was under the occupation of the Romans. Anticipating the promises of God for the restoration of the nation back to himself and establishing of the kingdom that he promised. Well, we read in verse 14, Thou shall have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice in his birth. Continue in verse 15, 16, and 17 of Luke 1. He shall be great. Speaking of John, Yohanan, the baptizer. He will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. You see, the angel promised that when John, when Yohanan will be born, he will be a Nazarite, Nazir in Hebrew, like we have in the book of Numbers, that the Nazarite was not to drink any alcoholic beverage, he was not to cut his hair, and he was not to touch a dead person. Death came because of sin. Alcoholic beverage will twist his mind and cause him not to think logically and right before the Lord, and the long hair of the Nazarite will be a testimony that he is devoting himself to the God of Israel. And notice it says here, the word of the Lord to Zechariah by the angel, that he will be filled with Ruach HaElohim, Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. But even more, he will be used by the God of Israel to be a blessing to the people of Israel. And many of the children of Israel, verse 16, shall he turn to the Lord their God. What a ministry was Yohanan the baptizer called for to minister to his own people, Israel, to turn back to the Lord their God. And then it says in verse 17, Beloved brothers and sisters, concerning John the baptizer, it says, And he shall go before him, before the Lord, before God, before the Messiah, notice, in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. Notice, it does not say here that he is Elijah or he is Eliyahu, but he will go before him, that is the Messiah. This is the Lord, the Messiah, God the Son, who became a man. That was called Emmanuel. We read it in Matthew chapter 1. And then he will go before the Messiah in the spirit, notice then, and the power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedience to the wisdom of the just, and to make a ready a people, listen, prepared for the Lord. The ministry of Yohanan, the baptizer, was to prepare the people of Israel for the coming of the Messiah, as it was recorded in Malachi chapter 3 and verse one where it says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. Now again, beloved brothers and sisters, we must understand that 
he, this is John the baptizer, will uh, come to this world, will be born among his people Israel, and he will go before God the Son, before the Lord, before the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And as we mentioned earlier, we must distinguish between the messenger of Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1 and Elijah in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5. While the one will come to introduce the Messiah at his first coming, this is John the baptizer. The other, this is Malachi, he will come to introduce the Messiah before Israel at his second coming. Now, it seems to be a little bit misunderstood, but we need with the help of the Lord to understand it, because in another passage in the Gospel, it says, the Lord Jesus the Messiah says, if you will, he is Elijah. But what the Lord really sought to communicate, if you will, it is he that coming, and he is like Elijah, will be the one that introduced me, as Elijah will introduce me later on in the future day at the second coming of the Messiah. So it's very interesting and important to understand Luke 1 and verse 17, and he that is a John the baptizer shall go before him that is Yeshua Jesus the Messiah in the spirit and the power of Elijah. This is very important to understand. And so beloved brothers and sisters as we continue to introduce John the Baptizer, the first chapter of Luke really speaks much of him. A little bit later, in verse 24 and 25 of Luke 1, we read, And after those days his wife, this is Elizabeth, the wife of Zechariah, she conceived and, and hid herself for five months, saying, Thus has the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. Now notice she finally conceived, she bore her son John, Yohanan, and she hid herself for these five months because she says, the Lord has dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. Why? Because in the history of Israel, the Jewish women longed to have children, specifically also sons. Why? Because the son carry on the family line, the genealogies. And she longed for a son. Finally, the Lord provided for Elisheva a son. Well, later on in the very same first chapter of the Gospel of Luke, we do read in verse 39... This is Miriam. She arose, she went to the hill country. Now Miriam, the mother of Yeshua, that she received from the angel an instruction that she will conceive and bear a son, and she, call, she will call his name Jesus, according to verse 31, Yeshua. Now she's going to the hill country, and the hill country is in, uh, in, in the outside of the skirts of the city of Jerusalem, a place called Ein Kerem, 
uh, today, Yerushalayim, outside of Jerusalem, or part of Jerusalem, in the, the hill country, and into a city of Judah, and is known today by the city of Ein Karem. And then she came to the house of Zechariah and Elisheva, and then what happened that the baby, this is John, that was in the belly of Elizabeth, uh, before he was born, he rejoiced because the mother of the Messiah, Yeshua Jesus, came to visit his mother. And so we have a record of the fact that uh, Elizabeth felt, she said, she spoke with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And we find out that the babe in uh, Elizabeth's belly uh, leaped in her womb for joy when the Messiah's mother Miriam was there present. Well, as we conclude with Luke chapter 1, the last verses, beloved brothers and sisters, concerning the person of John the Baptizer are found here in verse 67 to 80 of Luke chapter 1. And just to read, Zechariah said, And thou, child, shall be called a prophet. Notice that? He was a prophet uh, of the highest. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. His father was, was, was singing and was speaking this. This is the song of Zechariah in praising God. Then verse 77, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercies of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us. Well, when John was going to be born into this world, Zechariah was singing this song of praises to God because when his son that will be born and will be named Yohanan, when he will come, he will be used by God to prepare the ways of the Lord and to inform the people of Israel of the knowledge of the salvation that is at hand. The Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. The Deliverer is coming. The Redeemer is coming to Jacob. And so we read in verse 80, the last verse of Luke chapter 1, And the child, this is Yohanan, grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the desert till the day of his showing unto Israel. And here we go back to Matthew chapter 3, and we read, In those days came John the baptizer, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so in verses 1 and 2 of uh, Matthew chapter 3, we see the John, the servant, the, the prophet, as he's called in Luke chapter 1, he is the one that is preaching in the wilderness of Judea. And what does he preach? He preached, notice, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, we wonder sometimes, why didn't he come 
and he went to the city of Yerushalayim, to the temple. Why did he go to the wilderness? Why did God send him to the wilderness to begin his ministry in the wilderness of Judea? Why? Because by that time, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, the people of Israel turned away from the ways of the Lord. And that which God had intended for them, they have already departed. You notice this, beloved friend, from generation to generation. Whether it is in the history of Israel or in the history of the church, there is a time where there is a revival and then as time passes by, there is a decline. And then God has to raise someone, a servant of His, and this servant will once again appeal to the people, restore them back to the Lord. There will be again a revival until there is a departure again. And this is a cycle that we have throughout the history of God's people. Whether his earthly people, Israel, or his heavenly people, the church, the assembly, it's the same cycle throughout the generation. Why? Because by nature, unless we stay close to the Lord with an attitude of repentance at all time, we have an inclination to drift and to turn away from the Lord. And so when Yohanan came, there was already various sects among the people of Israel, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the Assyrians, the Herodians, and others. And he went to the wilderness, and all Jerusalem and Judea came to him because going to the temple, there was so much dishonor to the Lord in the manner whereby things were carried through, even in the days of John the Baptizer. And so we read in verse 1 that Yohanan the baptizer preached in the wilderness of Judea. And what did he preach? Notice then, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom, in Hebrew, malchut of heaven, hashamayim, malchut hashamayim, is at hand. Israel, you need to repent. And the reason is the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The king is coming. The king is coming. The king of the Jews. You remember Matthew? When the Magi came from the east, they asked in Matthew chapter 2, as we read, where is he that was born the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. The wise men of Babylon came to worship the king that was born. Now the king that was born, we also read in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, She shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Yeshua, Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sin. Now this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Quoting Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, the promise of God for the coming of the Messiah. Behold, the virgin shall be with a child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And so God had promised some 750 before the coming of the Messiah that he will send the Messiah 
He will send Emmanuel, God with us. God will come into this world, will enter into this world, take union, human nature with his divine nature, Emmanuel with us, God, and he will be the one that will accomplish salvation. He shall save his people from their sins. Well, his people will need to repent. Without repentance, one cannot receive forgiveness of sins. Repentance is essential because without repentance, there is no way that one will ultimately come to know salvation. Just like the apostle as Shaul Paul pointed out in his ministry, according to Acts chapter 20, when he said, notice that verse 21, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach. One must repent in order to ultimately enjoy salvation and believe in the person of the Lord Jesus the Messiah. Repent, Yohanan the baptizer said, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now you will notice, beloved brothers and sisters, because the gospel of Matthew is geared to minister to the Jewish people the expression, the kingdom of heaven, will be mentioned many times in this gospel. And the word kingdom of heaven, rather than the kingdom of God, will be used. It is the same kingdom. It is the same kingdom where the Messiah, Jesus, will be the one that will have rule over this world. The kingdom of heaven. And he will rule over the kingdom. He is the king. He is the one that will rule in this world. And the kingdom of heaven is another way of saying the kingdom of God. Jewish people do not use till today the expression, the word God, because it's sacred for the Jewish people. So in the Gospel of Matthew, you will find the expression, the kingdom of heaven. While in other Gospels, you will find the word kingdom of God. In Matthew 4, 17, we read again, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Matthew 5, verse 3, again, he says, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In Matthew 5, verse 10, again, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Notice the word heaven in Hebrew, Shamaim, Malchut HaShamaim, because the Jewish people, for our people of Israel, the word Elohim, or God, is not a word that is often used just out of honor to the Lord and out of not using the sacred name of the Lord. Even when you come to the name Yehovah, Jehovah, it is often time will be replaced by the word Hashem, the name. Hashem, the name, instead of using the word Yehovah. In Matthew 5.19, He shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. The same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. In Matthew 5.20, Ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. In Matthew 7.21, 
shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 8 and verse 11, in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 10 verse 7, and as ye go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so on, and so on. Matthew 11, 11, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And we can continue on and on. And that word, the kingdom of heaven, is mentioned about 40 times in the word of the Lord in the new covenant. And about 31 of them exactly are mentioning uh, specifically, and most of them really are mentioned in Matthew 3 into the end of Matthew chapter 25. In fact, in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14, we read, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Well, the kingdom of heaven is the promised messianic kingdom is what is known from Revelation chapter 20, the millennial age, a thousand years reign of the Messiah. It's the kingdom where heaven will rule over this earth. In the other Gospels, it is called the kingdom of God. And more specifically, here in Matthew, that the kingdom of heaven is mentioned. In fact, a few times the word the kingdom of God mentioned in Matthew, uh, but most of the time it is the kingdom of heaven. In the gospel of Mark, we do read, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Mark one fourteen, Mark one fifteen, uh, Mark 4 and verse 11, Mark 4.26, and he said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and so on. The kingdom of God is mentioned uh, throughout the Gospel of Mark, uh, throughout the Gospel of Luke, and beloved brothers and sisters. And uh, in fact, it is also uh, mentioned in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 3 and verse 3. We read, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Mentioned again in verse 5, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So the expression, the kingdom of heaven, is specifically mentioned in the Gospel of Matthew because the Gospel of Matthew is specifically geared to the Hebrews, to the Jewish people who know the Hebrew Scripture and know the culture and the manner whereby people of old have practiced and spoke in a special way because that's what the spiritual leaders of Israel taught. And so now as we continue... In Matthew chapter 3, as John was uh, challenging the uh, nation, repent, verse 2, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. According to verses 3 and 4, we see that John had authority from God. And to remind you, as we have read, that when John, when Yohanan was born, it is said of him, that he will have the Spirit of God already when he was in his mother's womb, and that he will be the one that will announce the coming of the Messiah. So 
We read in verse 3 and 4, For this is he that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, Say the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same, John, had his raiment, camel's hair, and a leathern girdle about his loin, and his food, his meat, his food, was locust and wild honey. And so verses 3 and 4 of Matthew chapter 3 presents before us, dear brothers and sisters, the fact that John was the one whom Isaiah also, in additional to Malachi, Isaiah also spoke concerning of his coming. In Isaiah chapter 40, we do read, and I'm reading verse 1, Comfort ye, comfort my people, saith your God, Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Then the Lord is speaking through Isaiah to the Jewish people in his day, saying, The voice of him that cries in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in a desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough place plain. You see, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. You see, Isaiah just as the Jewish people were ready to be deported to the land of Babylon, God made a promise to Israel that He will ultimately will comfort the people of Israel. After doubly that He punished them for their sins, He is going to send the Messiah, and there will be one that will cry in the wilderness to prepare the way of the Lord. And again, to prepare the way of the Messiah, who is the Lord, who is God the Son, who would come to this world as a man. And as a man, he will be the one that will come to pay for the sin of this world and to restore Israel back to himself and to provide salvation for this world, for mankind. So the voice here of Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3, the voice of him that cries in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, is the voice of John the baptizer, Yohanan Hamadbil. That's why we read in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 3 and 4, For this is he that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the voice, this is John's voice, of one crying in the wilderness. This is John, Yohanan, who was living in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Get ready, repent, prepare. The Messiah is coming, the King is coming. Israel, prepare the way for the Lord, Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. The same Yohanan, notice he's dressing 
in such a way he's dressing his raiment with camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins and his food was locusts and wild honey. Now this is very important also because again in scripture is often time interchanging with Eliyahu the prophet. And Elijah the prophet was in the same way being in a wilderness he was a rugged person and yet a tender-hearted man. And he himself, according to Second Kings chapter 1, he himself was a person that was dressed in such a way. According to Second Kings chapter 1 and verses 3 and 4, we read, But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise! And go to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and say unto them, Is it not because there is not God in Israel that ye go to inquire of Baal the god of Ekon? He continues in verse 4, Now therefore thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not come down from the bed on which thou art gone up, but thou shalt surely die. And Elijah departed. Elijah gave a strong message. As he was speaking this message to the king of the Shomonim of Samaria. These are the northern kingdom, the king of Israel. He said to him, why do you go to inquire of an idol, Baal Zvuv, the god of Ekron, instead of going to the god of Israel? Because you did so, you are not going to rise from your bed. And then in verse 8 of Second Kings chapter 1 we read, And they answer him concerning Elijah, He was an hairy man, and he girt with a girdle of leather about his loins. And he said, It is Elijah the Tishbat, Eli- Eliyahu HaTishbi. So, in the same manner that Elijah was dressing and where he was living there in the wilderness, also, Yohanan, John the Baptizer, very similar way to Elijah. Apparently, his raiment was camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loin, and he ate the food that he ate, his locust and wild honey. And so, in verses 5 and 6, beloved brothers and sisters, we do read of Matthew chapter 3, And I'm reading that John the baptizer presented the need for repentance. The turn back. The Hebrew word for repentance is shuv or shuvu. Return, O Israel. Turn back. Repent and believe. And so we read in verses 5 and 6. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea. And all the region round about Jordan. And notice it says in verse 6, And they were baptized, they were immersed of him in the Jordan. And notice, confessing their sins. All Jerusalem went down to him. Notice, why did they go down to him to the wilderness? Because in the city of Jerusalem, Those who truly wanted to turn back to the Lord needed a message from the Lord. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees, 
do not provide the message from the Lord when they themselves have introduced that which was not honoring to the Lord. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. The Pharisees who sought to to live for God, yet uh, at the same time they were so emphasized with the traditions, emphasizing the external much more than the internal. And the Essenes left Jerusalem, went to the wilderness, and some believe that John the Baptist might very well be with those that live in the desert with the Essenes. It was there that the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. They were devoting themselves to God, separating themselves from, from, from all others. They left the Sadducees in Jerusalem, left the Pharisees in Jerusalem, and they went down to the wilderness, the Essenes. And so we read in verse 6, and with this, beloved brothers and sisters, we will stop right now. They all were baptized of John, of Yohanan, the baptizer in the Jordan. The word Yarden, Jordan, in Hebrew means to go down. It's representing humility, confession, and repentance. And notice they were confessing their sins. Confessing their sins. Now this is essential, uh, beloved brothers and sisters, to repent and to confess one sins. And so here in the first six verses of Matthew chapter 3, we are introduced by the Spirit of God to John Yohanan the baptizer, the immerser, who was preaching in the wilderness of Judea, not in Jerusalem, but in Judea, in the desert, because of the spiritual state, the condition that existed in the temple in Jerusalem. And then he was preaching concerning the kingdom of heaven that is at hand. The Messiah is coming. The Mashiach is coming. And then he fulfilled that which Isaiah, the prophet, in chapter 40, spoke concerning the coming of the Messiah and the messenger that he will introduce him. He was fulfilling that which Malachi spoke about, the messenger that will come, that will announce the Messiah, in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1a. And when he came and presented the word of God, all, as it says, they went out to him, Jerusalem and all Judea, imagine, multitude went down to the Jordan River there, all the region about Jordan, they came to him and they went and noticed these were the many godly in the land of Israel, the Jewish people who really sought redemption and restoration for the coming of the kingdom of heaven. They repented. They confessed their sins. And they turned themselves to the Lord in preparation of the coming of the king, the king of the Jews. And so in the will of the Lord, we will continue in Matthew chapter 3 in the next message.
Until the next time, God bless you, my dear friend. We say to you all, Shalom, Shalom. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching, on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.